Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Happy Friday. Man, Dom's over here killing me. It's killing me, man. Yeah. How's uh, the week been going? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, we're starting all over. We are? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, go. We'll cut it. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Friday. Oh, yeah. How's the week been going? It's going pretty incredible now. Yeah, it really we is. finally got to make our big announcement. <laughs> what an announcement it was. It was. We I... have been so blown away <laughs> again. Yeah. Just continuous levels of being blown away here. Yeah. Um, it took a lot for us to not spill the beans. I agree. We, prob- we probably knew about a week before we put the video out. Yeah. What um, was going to be said. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> so, um, it took a lot. <laughs> that that was tough. There were so many people I wanted to just tell, and like, I wanted to tell everybody, really. Yeah. But uh, we, we stuck to our guns. We're like, we're going to save it for Thursday, the one month. And just and just drop the mic. Drop the mic and, and see how it goes. And the people, the people have responded in droves. They have. I, in the video, I said we're at thirty-three subscribers, a third of the way to triple digits. Yeah, we're at forty-two. Yeah, we're we're slowly <laughs> approaching fifty. All of a sudden, we're almost halfway to triple digits yeah. in just a few hours yeah, since posting yeah. that. And then Instagram's blowing up. The views on the announcement yeah. video across all social media platforms has been huge. Yeah, so just thanks everybody for uh, your continued support along this journey. And can, now it's only going to get better. I can for, promise you want to hop on the train right now. Because it ain't stopped. we ain't taking you after today. Whoa! No, whoa. I'm just kidding. Come I'm on. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Always but, welcome. But we're only going to get better from here. Yeah. And things are only going to get better as a whole. Yep. We're going to be better. The quality is going to be better. And it's all thanks to you guys. Mm-hmm. And Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Shout out Anchor for the um, support. And <clears throat> I'm excited to continue seeing yeah. what we can work with them, you know? Yeah. But now it's back to business. Back to business. We we've got, we've got a card to we preview. Got a, we have a big card this Saturday. And I'm just going to run down the main card here that fights we'll be talking about later on in the episode. Oh, yeah. Our main event, women's strawweight action. Mm-hmm. Michelle, the karate hottie, Watterson, takes on the vet, Angela Hill. Angela overkill. Yep. Hill. Yep. yep. Co-main, lightweight action. Otman Azetar. Going up against Kama Worthy. That's a couple of names right there. Mm-hmm. Those are some badass names. Hey, I'm telling you, this is really the card. You can't sleep on this. No, you really can't. You That's can a great co-main. I mean, I know like the names aren't name value is not necessarily there. Exactly. But that fight's gonna be crazy. Uh, third fight, also or not also, women's flyweight action. Roxanne Modafferi taking on Andrea Lee. Then our fourth fight, light heavyweight action. Ed Herman. 
another vet. Yeah. Ultimate Fighter Season 3 vet. 2006. That's crazy. Going up against Mike Rodriguez, who just fought on three weeks, three weeks ago. ago. August 22nd. <laughs> Knockout win. And we're opening tonight with the featherweight fight between Billy Quarantilo going up against Kyle Nelson. What a last name. We've all been stuck in quarantine. <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> Anyways. But we'll talk about those fights later on in the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. first, it's time for the news. The news. Let's we get have, into we, it. We have a decent amount of news this week, actually. We, we've had a couple slower yeah, episodes. Yeah, last episode was big, and now this one's uh, popping off. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. we're obviously going to start with Tuesday night. We have to. Dana White's Tuesday night contender. It, Dom, Tuesdays are the best nights of the week. Dom, you're literally the contender guy. I'm the I'm the contender guy. Yeah, so you me you get to talk about it. All right, this was week six uh, in 2020 of the Dana White Contender Series. Five fights, four contracts given out. Starting off, the first fight of the night was at middleweight. Oh, this is a tough name. Mm. Do you want to give it a try? Because you're the name guy. Yeah. Okay. Right there in that circle. <laughs> um, Aliaskab Kizrib. There it is. So, what Noah said, uh, <laughs> dominated, absolutely dominated, a 50-second round one rear naked choke to start the night off. He's the one from Dagestan, right? Yo. Yeah, I believe he is. He might be. I think so. But I can't answer that. I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, That was the second fastest submission in Contender Series history. Really? Fun fact. Um, He is now 13-0 as a professional. He got a contract. My man's got a little bit of chub on him. (laughs) My man might need to start. (laughs) Don't choke your ass out. Oh, hey, I got some chub on me, but I'm just saying that... uh, I just noticed, like, for a guy, what division was it? Middleweight. Not that middleweight's, like, a small division, but, you know, usually the guys fighting there, you don't see a whole lot of, like, you don't see a lot of skin. They were big dudes. He's, uh, he was, he had some, like, it looked like he could easily, if he got in the right diet, cut, cut down. All or, cut, yeah. Or bulk up, either yeah, one. Yeah. But, yeah, continue. Um, second fight of the night, Draco. Rodriguez in all oh this was a bantamweight men's bantamweight in all caps I wrote put him to sleep exclamation uh, two minutes and twenty seconds into round one with a triangle choke Draco got a contract fight number three of the evening Philip Halls another middleweight fight in all caps OMG he slept him Noah, the notepad was on fire Tuesday night. <laughs> There's okay. a lot of caps. A lot of all caps here. <laughs> There's a lot of caps on that notepad. Listen, listen, listen. One minute and 18 seconds into round one, a TKO. Now, mm-hmm. you see there's a trend here. I'm seeing Three it. fights, three finishes, three first round finishes. The combined fight time between all three is less than one whole round. Want to hear another fun fact? What's that? This was the first time since August of 2018 where the Contender Series started with three back-to-back-to-back finishes. Wow. And they were all in the first round. Yeah, that's impressive. Yes. 
Yes. Very, I must say. Um, for Philip Halls, he now has six out of his eight wins by KO, TKO. Um, our fourth fight of the night was the only one that did not see a contract given. It was Cameron Church versus Sherard Blackledge. An incredible fight, back and forth action. I wrote absolute slobber knocker down yeah. for the first round because it was crazy. Um, very back and forth on the feet. Sherard ended up pulling away because he was very dominant on the ground. Um, he also trains at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas, so I figured I'd take that down, you know, a nice. little note. Um, now, however, he did not get a contract, but he was invited back in November, which Ooh. we're seeing Dana do a lot these past two weeks, mm-hmm. even with fighters that lose or win. Um, so that's good to know you for know, him. He, I feel like he kind of has to because not, not he doesn't have to do anything. But right, right. I, I feel like he's uh, he recognizes that the guys they have in there right now are potentially the last group of guys they were really able to get a decent scout on before they brought them on. Yeah. Because, again, with every all the crazy stuff going on in the world right now, most of these low-level promotions aren't able to hold fights. Mm-hmm. So, where does he, where do you, the, the, the talent doesn't just pop up in the UFC. They have to work their way up. Right. Like minor league baseball, you know? Yeah. So, now you basically wipe out the entire minor leagues it's like well how do we know when these prospects are ready for the big time right so you have these guys on here on contender they're going up against other guys that are looked at as being borderline ufc level at least right so why not ask them to come back i like the concept i mean again i i mentioned this before there's like a there's a very like um asshole part of my mind that's like Oh, I love the idea of it's like you get one shot. Yeah. You either get the contract or you don't. Like one shot, that's it. Yeah. Kind of raises the stakes, but I I think it really the, shows that the, they they think highly of you. Yeah, the more pure side of me, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, uh, goes. No, I just like that guys are getting opportunities, yeah. and if they're good enough to at least be like, okay, maybe bring them back. Right. I think that's cool. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, overall, um, what did you think as a whole? I mean, obviously, three first-round finishes. Yeah. Well, we've got one more fight. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's five. So, the fifth fight of the night. Woo-wee! <laughs> Tafon and Chukwi. Mm, nice. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's right, but... Man, well, we're going with it. Yeah, I like the confidence. <laughs> Light heavyweight action. Went up against Al Matavau. Um, slugfest, I wrote. And uh, this time, I put, and Chukwi is a beast and relentless. You want to know what my second line of this fight is? All caps. You're going to like this one. Mm-hmm. OMG. Head kick. See you later, alligator. Night, night. <laughs> that is what is written on my notepad. Two minutes and one second into round two, Tafon lands a disgusting head kick that sent Al backwards, head slammed against the canvas. He went into uh, the uh, what's the, uh, the 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 deep sleep. Uh, anyway, purgatory. Uh-oh. No, just <laughs> hey. The deep. He, sl- he went to REM. REM sleep. There yeah, that's go. what I was looking for. <laughs> what the hell? I came up hey. with purgatory. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but this man is built like a statue. First off, mm-hmm. again, a beast, relentless, forward pressure the whole entire fight. Brutal head kick, um, very good striking. Watch out for Tafon. That was my fighter of the night out of the five fights. 
And he, of course, earned the fourth contract. Cool. That's the Contender Series. So overall, four contracts given out. Yep, four one out of five. Brought, one brought back. Yep. Um, sounds like it was a really good night of fights. Oh, yeah. That I missed. Again. <laughs> Again. You know, I'm not sad. <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. I don't want to hear it. I'm just right? disappointed. I don't want to hear it. All right. But, mm-hmm. you know what I do want to hear? Oh, I know what you want to hear. Afterwards, Dana White does his usual post-fight media scrums. We love the media scrums. The post-fight press conferences. I love it. I always listen to any time Dana has an interview. He says when he comes back from uh, our next uh, batch of fights in, on Fight Island, mm-hmm. he's going to be filming a little uh, something called The Ultimate Fighter. It's back. The reboot. Mm-hmm. It's back. It's been a while. Now, here's the question I want to ask you, Dom. Because we know what the Ultimate Fighter is. Right. We know what it's capable of being. Right. Since it's been worded as a reboot, I'm definitely thinking that that means there's going to be some changes. Returners? Oh. No, I just think there's going to be changes. To how the formatting yeah, because is? Because you have to understand that the format is kind of stale when you really think about it. The reality TV they show They live format. in a house... Like, they do challenges. They've done pretty much everything that can be done yeah. with that concept for a UF, like for the UFC has yeah. been done. You have the guy that struggles to make a weight cut. You have the guy that like wants to leave, wants to be kicked off, whatever. Always like drama with the coaches and like near near brawls, obviously stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, you see a lot of training sessions. You know, it's just uh, it's a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. But it's stuff that you see quite a bit. And it can be very exciting still, but, it, you know, the recipe, it, it, the, it's run dry. The well is run dry. Yeah. So I think that we might see some moving away from some of those reality TV show formats. Well, and they have to film it now during a global <laughs> pandemic. Right. Which is going to be intriguing to see how they work that out. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to go about it. Um Maybe they'll just do the same thing, and, like, that's fine. I'll be cool with it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that I feel like if it's worded as a reboot, that reboot um, in film or television, Mm -hmm. it it means that it's a concept, like, it's something. Think of, um, okay, so you know you had the original Star Wars movies, right? Yeah. Like, the first three back in the 70s and 80s. And then these new ones by Disney that started, like, five years ago. Yeah. Well... Even though it's a sequel, The Force Awakens is a sequel, technically. It's the, the next in the series. It's also looked at as like kind of a soft reboot of the original Star Wars. Right. Because so many of the story notes are based off what happened in the original movie. I don't know if you've ever seen Have you seen I've it? I've not seen any of the new ones. Wow, People that's... are going to roast me badly. Yeah, you should be for that. Yeah. But, um, anyways, point is that a reboot... In essence, is a you would take something that's already been done and you bring it back with a little twist, with with tweaks and twists, and you make it your own, but it's based on a non-original concept. Yeah, does that make sense? This would be the twenty-ninth season, I think. That's so crazy. That's crazy. I can't believe they've done it that long. Like, well, not that long. Well, they you, really they've done them two a year. Yeah. They don't just do like most shows and do one season a year. They've been doing for the most time, most part, two yeah. two seasons. They definitely have to do something different because yeah. if you notice where most of the talent comes from now, 
it's Tuesday Night Contender. Yeah. And really, um, I've watched an MMA on Point video breaking this down. Go check it out. I don't know the title of it off the top of my head, but it's like, where does the talent come from or mm-hmm. something like that? Dana White looking for a fight, the like web show. Love that show. Has gotten just as much talent that's still fighting the UFC as like some of the later seasons of The Ultimate Fighter has. Really? Yeah. That show is awesome. And that show, you're bringing in like one, maybe two guys per, per episode, episode, maybe. Yeah, and there's not that many episodes no. of that. So, um, kind of telling, right? So they definitely need to try to change it up somehow, and I think that they definitely plan on it if they're bringing it back. Yeah. Um, my question, though, who do you think the coaches are going to be? Because I have two that sound pretty interesting. That's a really good question. So you got to think. This so is what, happen what after... would have been ideal would have been Adesanya and Costa, right. but yeah. that obviously ain't going to happen now. So this is going to be, what if they did a uh, Stipe and Ganu? Yeah. Do a heavyweight season. Yeah. That would be kind of fun. I'll go with that one. Okay. Masvidal Nate Diaz. Wow. Uh... Think of how great TV that would be. Oh, it would be great TV. I don't know if those guys would do it. Exactly. Yeah, that's I, yeah. That was the. It's a great idea. That's where. Hey, I, was like, I mean, eh. Nate is a vet of the Ultimate Fighter. That's, that's but, true. Um, yeah, I just that was the first. That's two interesting. That, that was the first two that came to my head that would be interesting. Yeah, Stipe and Ganu would as well, because Stipe's already been a coach before. He did it with the DC. Oh, that would have been the last season they did, think, isn't it? Yeah, with their first. Did they do uh, the one with Nico? Was that that uh, one? I, I have Sheesh, not seen, man, there's I've, too many seasons. Yeah, I haven't seen that many. Well, maybe seen, they wouldn't do Steve Pangani then. I don't see why they wouldn't. I think it's... Well, I mean, I'm trying to think. So, if this is going to be after Fight Island, that means Costa and Israel would have fought. I mean, you have Cody, Davis, and Figueredo. Yeah, but that's in November. Can they really right. film it all? Yeah. And then you have, like, uh, Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson, which I don't think is, like, super interesting. Habib and Justin are fighting in October. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna Reyes and Blakovich are fighting. In September. <laughs> We're going backwards here. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, it, might, it would probably be, it would probably be, would be, honestly, if they don't book either Stipe and Ganu or if they somehow did Masvidal Diaz, it's probably going to be a fight will be announced and they will be the coaches. Yeah, which means they would they would fight after the season. Maybe uh, Peter Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, you could do that one. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Aljamain's a great coach, man. Maybe Usman Gilbert Burns. Yeah, there's I forgot about that. a lot of options. Yeah, it just overall, depends on the timing, really. Yeah, overall, um, I'm excited to see it come back. Hopefully, I'll actually watch it. <laughs> but you know, we'll uh, see what happens. Uh, I'm not gonna say nothing. <laughs> Moving on from there, now we have some uh, fight uh, re hey. rebookings here. Fights. We'll see how this goes. Uh, Magomed Ankalev and Jan Kudaleba. You heard us talk about. If you've watched any of our, can we just keep them in the Performance Institute and let them sleep (laughs) there for the next month? This fight has happened once, ended very controversially. Obviously, yes. Kudaleba was like pretending to be hurt to like piss off Magomed or draw him in for like a, like a like a shot, Mm -hmm. like pretending to be hurt. The referee gets too antsy yeah. and jumps in and stops the fight like 40 seconds in. But that fight was looking great for those first 40 seconds. Yeah. And those guys were intense. <laughs> so the fight's been rebooked twice since that first one. Both times have fallen through due to Kudaleba testing, testing positive, positive for twice COVID. for COVID. So now they have rebooked it again. 
for UFC 254, Gaethje and Habib. Woo! So, as if this card needs this fight. Yeah, no kidding. This is just some icing on top. Yeah, but overall, like, very excited to see. Hopefully, we get to finally see it again. And it should be a barn burner. I would hope so, man. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not getting excited, and it turns out to be kind of a dud. A dud. <laughs> Or if it doesn't happen again, then don't make this be the next Tony Habib. Like, right. Just let it die. Yeah. You know? But overall, very excited to see it. And on that card, man. 254. Yeah, like, and we've already broken that fight down, so. Yeah. Moving on from there, another fight announcement. I yeah. know this one's going to... I like this. This one's definitely going to be your uh, your thing. Uh, Carla Esparza. Taking on, Monster. Yep, taking on Amanda Rivas. At UFC 256 to end 2020. Yeah, that's the December 12th one, right? Yep. So, uh, overall, what are your thoughts on this fight? It's a fight that definitely makes sense for Rebos because she has so much hype behind her right now. It's a seasoned vet versus the up-and-coming prospect that a lot of people are big fans of. Um, so, I'm down for this fight. This is a big name that Rebus could potentially add to her resume. But you can't overlook Carla. Um because as many losses as she has, she's always fighting the best competition there is and finds a way to win when people count her out the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just came off a win against Michelle Watterson, who we're going to be yeah. talking about here in a little bit. So that's a good fight. That's a fight that makes sense for both because Carla's here to prove something. So if she stops Watterson uh, and then can beat Rebus as well, you could say she you know, just might be able to make her way back to a title shot. Mm-hmm. And if Rebus wins... That catapults her into that top five range for the division. So yeah, I mean, um, Carla, the OG strawweight champion. Yep, I think a first. lot of people counted her out based on the way she looked against Joanna, and that was a destruction. You have Carla, who's a natural wrestler, and Joanna's a very <laughs> lethal striker. Un- unbelievable. Um, people going into that fight really thought Carla was gonna like. Joanna was a pretty heavy underdog. Yeah. And she boy, said, bow down. Yeah. Bow down. Carla could not get a single takedown, and Joanna just pieced her up, show. up for like two rounds, I think is how long it went. Um, but people have counted out Carla since then. They were like, oh, look at this. She's trash. <laughs> but she's really, uh, you know, for a while she was kind of trading wins and losses. She's always been in that top ten. Yep. But, um, I definitely think she's a little underrated at this point. Her fights aren't always the most exciting, but can't uh, can't fault her for getting the W. And doing what you got to do to win. That fight, that win over Watterson, very impressive. Yeah. Um, she had another win, I believe, right before that that I watched. Or no, after that, she uh, beat Marina Rodriguez. Oh, she's on a four-fight win streak. Yeah, I actually forgot that that fight was after the Watterson fight. Yeah, that happened, uh, Whitaker versus Till. Oh, that just July. happened in July. Yeah, oh. that was another fight. I thought Marina Rodriguez, the kind of the up-and-comer type, I was like, all right, this is going to be her her fight. And then, nope, uh, Carla looked pretty good in that one, man. Yeah. She's on four-fight win streak, but she's going up against... A savage mm-hmm. and Amanda Rivas five fight win streak looked sick against Paige as most people expected. Outclassed, um, only one she's, loss. Yeah, she's ten and one. A KO loss to Pollyanna Viana in Jungle Fight. Wow, she's in the UFC now, isn't she? Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah, but um, overall, man, I'm, you know, obviously on paper, I feel like Rivas has the um, 
Reva should win this fight. Yeah. You know, she's the one with more potential. She's the one that's on the. This could be where the, the bet the comes company's into play. really trying to, you know, build her up to be like a star in the women's division. She's done a great job of, like, smiling for the camera, being real, like, cutesy, waving, and stuff like that. Like, people love her. Mm -hmm. But Carla's, she's just got that grit to her, man. She's, yep. She does, she definitely is someone, as soon as you count her out, she'll, she'll literally just expose. Yeah, this is a huge Dr. fight Cameron. for both. Yeah. It really is a fight that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very excited for it, though, overall. Now, I wonder if that'll make the main card or not. We'll see how the rest of the fight card plays out. Because we've got Gilbert versus Usman, right. uh, Amanda versus Megan, and then this one so far. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would... So it might make main card or a prelim headliner, depending on the rest of the uh, fights, how they pan out. Yeah. I mean, overall, yeah, it probably could be. Or I shouldn't say it probably could be. It definitely could be. It probably will be like the first fight or it'll be like yeah. the prelim headliner or yeah. something. So those are both pretty decent names at this point. So yeah. they definitely deserve some sort of higher spot on the card, you know. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see because that, that card will probably be stacked. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Just based on what the UFC likes to do. End of the year do. card. Yeah. Um, moving on from there. I'm looking at these next two bullet points and I am sad. Yeah, we are talking about a couple fights that are off. First one. Charles Oliveira is out of his scheduled fight with Benil Dariush. That was going to be a banger. October 3rd. Oh, man. So what do you think? It sucks, man. Yeah. I don't know. Undisclosed injury, probably. Anything yeah, serious? I never, or... I never saw what the actual injury was. So, I mean, hopefully Oliveira, Oliveira, I always mess up his name. Hopefully Oliveira is not injured too seriously. Maybe book it for the end of the year. That was, of course, the guy that on our Versus episode, I matched him up with Dan Hooker. But taking on uh, Dariush, who's on a tear right now, what is he, 13th, I think? Yeah, something, something like that. that. That's definitely a big fight. Uh, it's honestly kind of risky for Oliveira because he's on a tear right now, and he's ranked 6th. So fighting down in the rankings um, is a risk for him, but uh, there's nothing for uh, Dariush to lose in this one. So hopefully they can rebook it. Or just get a replacement because Benil is on a tear right now. He's knocking out everybody. Yeah, I am very upset because <laughs> these are two guys that I think are very underrated. Oh, Oliveira, obviously. Oh, like we've said our he's, piece. On he's him. he's almost top five, so like in theory, he's not. Like he's he's in that contention area. Most submissions in UFC history. The fact is, he's ranked six in his division, and yet. This card, this fight was being booked as like a, and he's coming off a couple of big wins, like that one against Kevin Lee. Yeah, dude. And he's fighting down. Yeah. And it was gonna be like the co-main of a. It was uh, Anderson and. Uh, yeah. Or it is Anderson and Uriah. Yeah, off. and I'm just like, really, like I feel like Oliveira deserves a little more than that. But on the flip end, hopefully Benil Dariush gets another opponent. That would be ideal. Because that guy is great, and I, I'm really. I was really excited for that fight because it's kind of a... Striker versus grappler. Yeah, and also just the, the fact that there was a lot at stake for um, Darius and yeah. then really for Oliveira as well. And, well, and Benil's really good on the ground. Like, I may have just called him a striker, but he can hold his own. And we know how good Oliveira is. Again, the all-time leader in submissions in the UFC. So, again, if it doesn't get rebooked, hopefully they can get Benil a replacement. That's still... Well, actually, 
October 3rd's right around the corner, isn't it? Yeah. That's only a couple weeks from now, so I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, just hope Darius gets another opponent. Yeah. And then... I'm walking oh, off. Oh, yeah. You're, Dom's out. Dom's out for this one. Our scheduled... <laughs> our scheduled... Scheduled. Excuse huh? me. Sorry. Scheduled. <laughs> our scheduled co-main event for UFC 254. Come on! Are you good? No. Well, either shut up or sit down. I'm doing both. <laughs> Somehow you're still interrupting me and you're like miles away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Tell him. <laughs> Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson is off. <laughs> it's off. You just have to rip the band-aid, you know, Dom? Anyways. I'm sad. I don't know if you guys could tell, but we're, like, kind of going through this news section, and, like, maybe we don't sound as energetic as we should be, and that's probably because this announcement happened right before we started recording. Pain. Pain. That's all I got. I, I'm so upset. Think about that card. It's because Dustin Poirier had to be... No, no, no. Money hungry. I'm just Very kidding. well I'm deserved. Just I'm just kidding. Yeah. According to Ariel Helwani, as of today, this is September 10th when we're recording this. You guys mm-hmm. are hearing it on Friday. He had spoken with Dustin today, and apparently Dustin and the UFC couldn't come to terms on the right amount of money. So Dustin said he will be leaving his camp at American Top Team in Florida and going back home to Lafayette next week. Yeah. Hopefully, they can send him over a little uh, more money. Yeah. Because he said next week. That means he's still going to be training the rest of this week. And uh, it's already Thursday and Friday, though, isn't it? (laughs) Ah, it's done. (laughs) It's a big sad. Yeah. This fight was co-maining Justin and Habib. And now it's not happening at all. And probably never will happen. And it's a fight that truthfully like makes so much sense. They've yeah, never fought does. each other. It literally made so much sense. Oh man. And like yeah. what's next? Like who who do these guys fight now? Connor? <laughs> I mean what that's like the only option. Is that really, that's why is that, I said are you being serious? That's the only logical option. That's Connor's why I not fighting in twenty twenty. I know. I'm not saying they're gonna fight this year. I'm just saying That's crazy. They for both, both guys they both need to fight this year. I mean, Dan Hooker for Tony might be an option. Well, yeah, that fight would make sense for Tony. Oliveira Poirier would make sense. But the UFC won't do it. They won't commit to Oliveira, it appears. But I, that's all that's that's all that there is, man. That's it. Just get into the last one. Anyways, I, I can't, I can't talk big, about Yeah, it. we're big sad. So, finally, our, now that we got that out of the way, I feel like we can kind of... We're going we're gonna to pick, pick it up. up. Pick it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, our our main story, I guess, for today... This is a big old piece of news. Um, Ariel released a photo of uh, Nick Diaz looking shredded in the gym. Apparently, he was doing a test weight cut. A 14-week diet and training regimen. Now, Dom, why would someone who hasn't fought... In like five or six years, be doing something like that. He's back. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly, according to his. Now magic. Nick Diaz could decide tomorrow. 
that he would rather just smoke weed and eat whatever he wants. Yeah. He looked good, dude. He did look good, man. I was like, they said he weighed between one sixty five and one seventy five. I mean, compare him, and he in fights that at one seventy. Compare him in that picture to, what, to how he looked in that interview with Ariel Hawani like, that came out like last year. Yeah, or he looked, he looked. Not ready. that he looked bad in the interview. I mean, there was a lot that well, like, said about that video, but overall, well, think about it here. Who wants to put their body through a fourteen week training regimen if you're not serious about coming back? Are you just doing that for shits and giggles? I mean, I wouldn't. So then who's he going to be fighting? It seems like the opportunities are endless, but at the same time, very limited. (laughs) Is that possible? It's weird because he has not fought literally since the Anderson Silva fight. Yeah. That That was was six six years years ago. ago. (laughs) Let's not do that again. Again, this is that was at middleweight, but his natural weight class is welterweight. That's where he always fought his best. 26 wins, 9 losses, always game. If you've seen Nate fight, then you know how Nick fights. Yeah. Who does he fight, man? That's... My ideal know. My ideal matchup, him versus Robbie Lawler. Yeah, that would be fun. A rematch 18 yeah. years in the making. I saw that on Twitter, actually. They That's fought 18 years ago. 18 years ago. Yeah. I think that... Was you, it 2002? I thought it was like... Might have been. I don't know. Dude, I think it was in 2002. That's crazy. Because they but were that, each like 20 years old. For those of you that don't know much about the background for Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. They've been at it for a while. Well, Robbie in the very early 2000s was on the come up. Yeah. He was this guy that was knocking everybody out. Full head of hair. Real young, tough kid. Nick Diaz was a little more established, but he was looked at as a jiu-jitsu guy. This is true. He knocked out Robbie Lawler. This is also Embarrassed true. him. Talked shit to him while doing it. Well, that part shouldn't surprise yeah. you. <laughs> um, Robbie kind of goes on to have a bit of a disappointing career up until he comes back to the UFC. Yeah, and, even in Strike Force, yeah. we talked about it. But Nick... Went to Strike Force as well and became one of their top fighters that promotion ever had. Yeah, dominant champion over yep. there. Yep. He comes over to the UFC, does not have quite the or back to the UFC, I should say, does not have quite the same kind of run. You know, he had the um, title fight with uh, GSP. Yep, I, I always love that call out. Where you at, George? I don't think uh, I don't think George is hurt. I think he's scared. I think he's scared to fight everybody around here. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Where you at, George?" Dude, those two are savages. I just lo- I love the Diaz brothers. Shoot. But that fight ends up being very one-sided for GSP. Then you have the fight with Anderson Silva, where he's doing some crazy he's shit, laying like, down, laying in down. The ring and but overall, him off. ends up being a pretty point fight win for yeah. Anderson. Anderson. Um, so really, that's that's the last we've heard about him. I mean, we've not the last we've heard about him. You, you look back when Tyron Woodley won the belt from Robbie Lawler back in 2016. He was calling out Nick Diaz left and right. Yeah. I mean, I, there's been plenty. Of, there was rumors of him versus Mosvidal after Mosvidal took out Nate. That doesn't appear to be happening now. But overall, it looks like he might be coming back. And I think Rob, draw. you have a guy who hasn't fought in six years. Go up against a guy who looks like he hasn't fought in six years. No offense, I love you, Robbie. <laughs> I just think it's all jokes aside. You have two guys that are at the 
obvious tail end of their careers. And Robbie's a big name. And Robbie's you know a big Nick name. Wants a big it's name. a you want a big name, but you don't want to just throw Nick to the fucking wolves, man. Yeah. Like you put him in against these top five guys, and like you're the ring. Ru- I think ring rust is real, personally. I think it just depends on the fighter. Yeah. Maybe why he, they were and out. Who knows? Maybe he comes back and just looks incredible. But it, you know, he's probably gonna need. A, I don't want to call it a tune-up fight. It's still Robbie Lawler, but maybe he. I think he needs to be kind of slowly brought along. Yeah. Um, but a guy like Robbie Lawler has the name value, and he's a guy that is still gonna give. I would assume Diaz a tough, a tough fight. Well, do do, do you think Nick wants a title, or do you think he just wants to come back for big names? That's who the, knows what those guys, man. The Diaz like Nate, are, I think has made it clear he's only wanting. Big I names, would say right? Nick's probably very similar. Yeah, I don't know, man. But regardless, it definitely makes that division yeah. more exciting than what it already is. Do that you, division's stacked. Do you have a name in mind? Well, you were gonna say. I it. mean, I said Leon earlier before we were Leon, recording. Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards, who's ranked third. I said that more so for Leon's sake because everybody's like, "Oh, well, Leon's boring. Leon doesn't have any big names." Well. He's getting screwed over, and he's on the sidelines right now. So why not fight the guy, the brother of the guy that stole his fight against Jorge and beat the shit out of him? Like, if I'm Leon, that's what would want to go through my head. I mean, I'm not against it, just because... But when you talk about it rankings-wise, like, throwing Nick into the Wolves, well, like you said, Leon. I mean, I wouldn't be against it. I'd be excited for it. I'd be happy to see Leon get that kind of opportunity. And it could be a good fight it could be i'm I, we don't know what nick diaz is gonna look like it's not right? like he looked bad that creates excitement it's not like he looked bad i mean he was going up against anderson silva and gsp like yeah. those are our top two fighters of all time and he went to a decision and at least kept it somewhat competitive so overall like i i definitely think um that's a fight that could be booked i as i personally it'd be a big it might even be a bigger fight than him versus Robbie at this point if you I mean obviously rankings wise it would be yeah uh, well what if they like booked it on the same card as Jorge and Nate I'd be down for that Cobain yeah dude that'd be sick it would be sick I maybe that's what they're that would be a he nice is, I mean, card the timeline kind of matches up doesn't and just it? look at the storyline Leon's co-maining for Jorge, a guy that he's called out and yeah. got punched in the face by him backstage. Ooh, man! Is that kind of that's they, hey? The creative juices are flowing. Yeah, here. that could be a that could be a real he. Yeah. His manager told Ariel early 2021 he will fight. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. And Nate and Jorge are the first in talks to fight January 2021. Yeah, and that uh. Is early. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's as early as it gets. Yeah, yeah. No, that actually is starting to make a lot more sense. That'd be... A Diaz, a Diaz, a Diaz squared. Diaz back, yeah, man. Diaz squared. You talk about buy rate. Woo! Yeah. But uh, more news to come on that, I'm sure. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get Nick to actually, like... Commit. Say something yeah. about it. You yeah. know, that's... You know, it's tough to get him for any sort of interview no- nowadays, but... Right. That's the end of... The news. The news. And now it's on... Preview. About these fights. UFC, Vegas, 10. We're oh. in double digits. Watterson versus Hill. I genuinely am losing count of these cards. <laughs> and here soon we're going back to Fight Island. Yeah, and it's going to be Fight Island 3, 4, 5, yeah. 6. 
Woo! Okay. So, uh, first fight to talk about here. Yeah, yeah. Featherweight action. Oh, yeah. Billy Quarantillo. Quarantillo. <clears throat> going up against Kyle Nelson. Dom, break it down. Let's get into the nitty-gritty here. Mm-hmm. All right? We've got Billy Quarantillo. Is 14-2. Five KO, TKOs, five subs. Nice and even on both sides, you know? So, that's 10 out of 14 wins. By finish, he is 3-0 in the UFC if you count his win on the Contender Series. Um, and then on uh, he also is on a seven-fight win streak currently. And Billy, fun fact, appeared on The Ultimate Fighter Season 22. And I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he, of course, is going up against Kyle Nelson, who is 13-3. So when you look at the records, you really can't get a better matchup. They both had 16 fights. Billy has one more win. Um... Kyle also has five KO TKOs and four submissions. So literally, both have finished or only went to a decision in four of their wins. Um, the only kind of thing that differentiates the two, Kyle Nelson is one and two in the UFC currently. Um, so it's definitely going to be a good matchup. I am, however, leaning toward Billy, a little bit more hype toward him. I think he may be the more well-rounded guy. I think this could be a good fight, but I'm going to go a third-round submission win for Billy Quarantillo in this one. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I got a chance to watch Quarantillo fight um, back on Fight Island, I believe is when he was... Yeah, that's when he fought. Yeah, he uh, fought recently. Fought Spike Carlisle. That's a sick name. <laughs> Those are two sick names. The last Spike is just like... A cool first name. I disagree, but... Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I, maybe for a kid in the 90s. Alright, man. I Just, feel like that would be like a side character on Malcolm in the Middle or something. <laughs> Anyways. To anyone out there named Spike, that was Noah, not me. Okay? True. Anyways. I really liked him in that fight. He yeah. looked great. It was a great fight. And I, I'm definitely buying into him. Kyle Nelson also kind of has that, like, he's, he's a younger guy. He's only 29, coming off an impressive TKO win over Polo Reyes. Only a minute and 30 seconds into the fight. He has the TKO loss to Diego Fajera. Actually, he beat Kamaworthy. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I think I had that uh, written down somewhere. Beat, knocked out Kamaworthy in a minute back in 2017 before either guy was in the UFC. So he's definitely capable of showing some things here. I'm still going to stick with Quarantillo just because I feel like I know more about him. I feel like I I've, I personally have seen him look great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with decision, though. Um, I don't really – I think Kyle Nelson, he's, he's only lost three times. Uh, one was a decision loss. He lost by TKO to Diego Fajera and arm triangle to Matt Sales. So overall, you got a guy that's one and two in the UFC, and Kyle Nelson. And on the other end, Billy is what is, is he? Technically, two? he's three and zero if you count the contender okay, series. So he's three and zero. I just think it's definitely leaning in Billy's favor here. I'm going to go by decision, though. I'll give Kyle Nelson that much credit to say he can outlast. But I, can see I think it overall, being a really technical. I think fight. overall, it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, yeah. So moving on from there, next <clears throat> on the agenda. Ed Herman, 39-year-old Ed Herman. A true vet. Going up against Mike Rodriguez, mm. who fought three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. So break it down. Break it down. Ed Herman, 25 wins, 
14 losses. 7 KOTKOs, 13 submissions. That's 20 out of 25 wins via finish. He's 12 and 10 in the UFC with one no contest. Uh, some notable wins for Ed. He, he beat Tim Boach by knockout, and he also beat Patrick Cummins via TKO. Some notable losses. He lost to uh, Kendall Grove, and you know, a lot of people listening to this might not know who Kendall Grove is, but again, that's like when I first got into the UFC, so I just had to give a shout-out to Kendall Grove. He was super long and lanky back in the day. You didn't see many tall fighters back then. Shout-out Kendall Grove. He lost to him by unanimous decision. He's lost to Damian Maya by submission. He lost to Jacare Souza in strike force by submission. Uh, he lost to Tyus Latis by decision. He lost to Derek Brunson by TKO. He's he's been beat by Nikita Krylov by KO. And CB Dalloway and Jean Vellante both beat him by split decision. So that was a lot of losses I just named, but all of them notable in right. my opinion. Agreed. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum. We've got Mike Rodriguez, who is 11-4, and four, 9 KOTKOs, 2 subs. That's right. That's a 100% finish rate, yeah, baby. He's 3-2 and two in the UFC with one no contest, if you count one fight on the Contender Series that he won. And a notable win is the one that just happened, so I had to bring it up. He just fought Marcin Procneo on August 22nd and KO'd him. Um, so I had to point that out. Even though the name might not be that big, it just happened. Wasn't that the fight back. that we said was going to be like loser leaves the brand? Am I right on that? I think it was a... I don't know. Was Maybe. Procneo? I'm going to go look. Keep talking. Uh, well, and then he has one notable loss, in my opinion, and that came to Devin Clark, which was uh, a unanimous decision. And yeah, again, that, was the, that was the fight that we said would be like uh, the loser leaves kind of thing, because Procneo had just not been able to get it done in the UFC while Rodriguez has kind of traded wins and losses yeah, yeah. a little bit. Um, but he looked great. Yeah, he did. The elbow and punches. I believe that was out of the clinch, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, this could be an interesting fight. I see it being, even though Ed has a lot of submission wins, I see it being a stand-up war, to be honest. I kind of do, too. And I don't know how much of a war it's actually going to end up being. I think we're going to have the same prediction. I'm going to go with uh, Mike Rodriguez, first round, KOTKO. On to the third fight. <laughs> Is that what you were <laughs> yeah, going to say? Yeah, I, I think Rodriguez gets it done. No no slouch in Ed Herman. Yeah, what's funny, though, but, is I've, I was tempted to pick Ed Herman, but, man, Rodriguez looked good in his last fight, and overall, like, even though I kind of pegged that fight with him and Procneo as being loser leaves, that was really more for Procneo. While yeah. you know, obviously, if he had lost, he would have been one and three in the UFC. Now he's uh, actually and three and two with the Contender Series. But yeah, um, you know, his losses like Devin Clark—that's no slouch. Yep, and he lost to Daun Jung. That was not a guy I know much about, but it got and that was also a lost ground and pound one minute into the first round. It's tough, man. I I do think in his wins though, his wins have spoken. That he he put some highlight real finishes. Yeah, together. man. I mean, when you have a one hundred percent finish rate, yeah. you're putting on great fights. And Ed Herman's thirty nine. He's been fighting for a long time. T- tough season three. Yeah. All the way back in two thousand and six. Yeah, I I think this is gonna go to Rodriguez. I really do. I agree. All right. 
On to the next one. On to the next one. Roxanne. Mata Ferry. Going up Roxanne. Andrea Lee. I don't know the words of the rest of the song, yeah, but, but you get what I'm thank saying. You for Roxanne Mataferi mm-hmm. is a true pioneer for women's mixed martial arts. Nice. In every sense of the word. She may, she may not be a household name like a Ronda Rousey, a Misha Tate, so on and so forth. She has 41 professional fights. How many other women mixed martial artists can you name with 40-plus fights? That screams women's pioneer to me. Yeah. At a time when it was in the dark days, nobody even knew they were fighting each other, right? Roxanne is 24 and 17. She's got four KO, TKOs, five submissions. She's three and four in the UFC with notable wins over Andrea Lee, funny enough, who she's fighting. Uh, that did come in Invicta back in 2014. She's beaten Antonina Shevchenko by split decision, and she beat Macy Barber by unanimous decision. Some notable losses, and I, I told Noah when he came over today, I did some digging with these with these two women in this fight. Roxanne lost to Shayna Baszler. I always forget. That's Baszler. Baszler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shayna Baszler back in 2006 in an organization called Mars. I literally put question mark next to it. If anyone knows who Shayna Baszler what is her last name? Baszler. Baszler is. Another women's pioneer that was great friends with Ronda Rousey. They did the WWE together and all that fun stuff. Um, she, so she lost to her all the way back in 2006. She also lost to Rocky uh, Raquel Pennington via unanimous decision on the Ultimate Fighter Season 18 finale in 2013. Um, she also lost to Jennifer Maya twice, one of which happened in Invicta. And if you don't know who Jennifer Maya is, she's getting the next title shot against Valentina Shevchenko. Yes, she is. That's a notable loss, if you ask me. Hold on, I'm not done yet. I'm just flipping the page. <laughs> uh, Roxanne has also lost to Nico Montano via unanimous decision, Sajara Eubanks by unanimous decision, and Lauren Murphy by unanimous decision. She has fought the who's who of women's mixed martial arts for almost 20 years. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy, man. Um, so she's a true veteran going up against Andrea Lee, who's not a newcomer, but a lot less fights. She's 11-4 and four overall. She's got two KO TKOs, four submissions. Um, she's 3-2 and two in the UFC with notable wins over Rachel Ostevich via submission. That came in Invicta back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And she also beat Montana De La Rosa via unanimous decision, who we just talked about on right. uh, Monday's yeah, episode. Yeah, she just fought. And then notable losses, like I said, she lost to Roxanne back in the day in Invicta by split decision. She's lost to Joanne Calderwood by split decision. And uh, Lauren Murphy by split decision. And here's my last little fun fact. Okay. I did digging, again, like I said, right? As an amateur, (laughs) Andrea Lee fought against Caitlin Chukagian and lost via submission. But to me, that is so wild that she had fought her way back in the day, both right. as amateurs. Now they're both And Chukagian just fought for a title against uh, Valentina mm-hmm. and then lost and beat her sister the very next fight. Right. Whew. That was a long one. So both these fighters are actually coming off losses to Lauren Murphy. Yes. A woman <laughs> who I also just both mentioned. Of their, both of their last fights. Recently. Lauren yeah. Murphy. 
Oh man, this is a this is a tough one to judge here, right? Because on one hand, up until these back-to-back losses, man, Andrea Lee was looking great. Yes, yeah, she was. And then she kind of gets. I mean, Joanne Calderwood, Lauren Murphy, no slouches. Top, both top five. Both top five. Roxanne Modafferi's always been someone trading. I mean, one win, one loss in the UFC. Yep. Um, most impressively, probably beating Macy Barber. Even though she tore ACL, but I'm not. But I mean, take that before she Roxy. tore the ACL, she was getting dominated. That was a fight where you see the veteran really showing the experience against the new up and coming prospect. Look, I love Macy Barber. I know you do too. DM still. Over two. <laughs> Over two. Third time's a charm is what they say. <laughs> but even regardless of the injury, she got dominated. Yeah. Before, after the injury, it was a domination. And that was truly her showing that vet. Yeah, that's exactly Like the fight IQ. Yeah. That, that just extensive fighter IQ because she's been fighting forever. Um, also beating Antonina Shevchenko, like, that's definitely a good win for her. Is Andrea Lee going to lose three in a row here? I personally have Andrea Lee pulling out the submission. Or not submission, I'm sorry. I meant to say decision. <laughs> Andrea Lee via decision. Uh, getting, or avenging, I should say, her loss to Roxanne back in uh, Invicta. I'm going Andrea Lee decision. You know what? I'm going to agree with you, actually. Same decision, uh, Andrea Lee. Very, oh, man, both of these uh, last two <laughs> fights, I'm real close to giving it the other way, but I don't know, man. Roxanne, she just, <laughs> I feel like now that we're both counting her out, she's going to, come in and just dominate Andrea Lee but Andrea Lee's good man I, I don't think uh, I don't really see her losing three in a row that's kind of my I know that MMA doesn't work that way but yeah, that's, that's kind of my basis here is I'm like I really don't think she's going to go on a three fight skid here while Roxanne always trades wins and losses like, yeah. it would not surprise me it's at all it's tough man that is uh, probably the toughest fight of the night to predict you know Yeah. but uh, moving on from there Co-main event. We've got a banger. Oh, a banger, banger incoming. Uh, get to sound the sound the alarm. <laughs> sound the alarm. Fight of the night alert. <laughs> this is my prediction here. Ottman yeah. Azetar, comma worthy. Tom, you bring it down. All righty. So Ottman is undefeated. A perfect twelve wins, zero losses, nine. KO, TKOs, two submissions. That's 11 out of 12 via finish. He's 2-0 and in the UFC uh, with a notable win over Luis Pena. If you don't know him, that's who they call the violent Bob Ross. And he <laughs> submitted him. Uh, notable losses. This is where I did a little more digging. I forgot to mention these to you. Uh, well, I mentioned one of them. He actually lost to Paul Felder via TKO. Or, I'm sorry, I'm going to the wrong fighter. I got ahead of myself. I'm so sorry. Take that back. Rewind, rewind, reverse. (laughs) Um, Ottman is who I was at. Sorry. He's 1-0 in the UFC. Uh, The younger brother of UFC middleweight Abu Azaitar. And out of his 11 finishes, nine of them have came via the first round. Mm -hmm. Now on Takama. Sorry if anybody got confused. I really am excited for this fight. Uh, Kama is 16-6 and six with 9 KO TKOs in 3 submissions. So he's finished 12 out of 16. He's 2-0 and 0 in the UFC. 
notable win over Luis Pena. The violent Bob Ross submitted him, so there's where the actual stat comes into play. Uh, notable loss, Paul Felder beat him via TKO back in 2012 That's crazy. at Pinnacle FC. Nice. And then he also lost to featured fighter on the card, Billy Cornteo, via TKO in SOFC back in 2015. So, yeah. I think it's also notable that the way he beat Devontae Smith being the fact that he was a plus, like, 800 underdog for that really? fight. Oh, like, crazy. You, had, you didn't know that? Mm-mm. Going into that fight with Pena, that was kind of like what people were saying was, Common Worthy was, like, it was one of the biggest upset wins, if you go by betting odds, ever. Right. Not necessarily a fight that had a ton of hype around it, but Common Worthy's been a guy that's been kind of a journeyman. And then he starches Devontae mm-hmm. Smith. Guess what? Starches Luis Pena. He's on a tear right now. He is on a tear. What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven? One, seven two, in a row. Yes. Yeah, Versus seven an undefeated 12-0 fighter? Sign me up. Woo. Also might be noteworthy that he is also... This is kind of funny. He also lost to Wait Kyle a Nelson. Wait a minute. So our whole first fight of the night... He's fought both of them. And lost to both of them. Gee, man. And look at him. Co-main. Yeah, he's co-main. About <laughs> they're starting the night off. Wow, that's funny. Um, not really. I don't know how. It's not really noteworthy, but it's just. But you know, hey, cool. I mean, that's crazy. Wow, the man that knockout win he had brutal at two forty two. See ya. Oof. Right behind the ear, flatline. And all you have to do is just look at this guy's resume. Not even who he's fought it doesn't matter. Facts. He's eleven and or twelve and zero. Excuse me. And he's literally finishing everybody. He's a beast. Absolute beast. Dom, this what, is going to be fight of the night, even though it's only lasting one round. Oh, so who's winning? Someone's getting slept in the first round. Uh, can I play Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo? <laughs> no. Oof. I'm going to have to go with Ottman, man. Mm-hmm. It's hard to go against an undefeated fighter with a lot of hype behind him. That last knockout he had was absolutely brutal. I think this is an all-out war for one round, but Ottman... Uh, ultimately gets the first round KOTKO. Oh. I'm going spoiler. <laughs> Second round KOTKO. For comma? Comma worthy. Oh, man. Again, I'm, you know, guy had been a journeyman, but seven in a row, man, I don't know if he's as much, I don't think he's much of a journeyman anymore. No, you can't say that. He's looked great. Now, Ottman... Look, he's only had the one fight, looked incredible. Has shown nothing short of being just incredible. <clears throat> but guess what? Common Worthy thrives when he's the underdog, man. Yeah, he's the underdog against Pena, underdog against Smith. He I'm keeps sure saying, he, said, a... he said, keep making me the underdog. He'll and be I... a significant underdog coming into this, yeah, I'd have to imagine. I would, I would imagine. And I think he, that O has got to go. <sighs> man. And what better man to do it than Kama... I believe his nickname's Death Star. Really? Worthy. I'm changing my... No, I'm just Comma I'm just the Death Star Worthy. That That's going to be an absolute war. I'm on the comma train. All right. Give my man a title fight. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But, top 15s. You get a top no, 15. I, I, I feel the same way about him that I do like OSP. Yeah. I just love him. Uh, but I yeah, like that it. should be... That's my pick for fight of the night. It was, you know, it's either that or Corn... Quarantillo and uh, Nelson, I yeah. would say. Those are yeah. the two that stick out to me. Um, is that who, what you would say is going to be your fight of the night going in? I'm going Ottman, comma, worthy. Yeah. yeah, fight of the night. Regardless yeah, even if it's, it's only first, one yeah, round. I mean, hey, 
Stranger things have happened than oh, that. Oh, yeah. But now it's main event time. It's time. Michelle Waterson, Angela Hill. I just want to say, and I've already said this in a prior episode, I don't like all the hate that this fight's getting. I don't either. It's getting hated on. Now, I don't like okay, it. I get it. Now, right? let's, you know, so people, so the, so the audience knows. We lost a great fight. The main event, my boy... Making his comeback. Tiago Santos was supposed to destroy Glover <laughs> Teixeira in the main event. However, it was not meant to be. Glover, I believe, tested positive for COVID. That fight's been pushed back a couple weeks. October 3rd. Yeah. Still right around the so, corner. Yeah, so I was still excited to see it. However, because of that, this co- what was the co main? Yep. Now the main event. And uh, people are shitting on it because it's not a main event level fight. And that's not wrong. Like it's not. I'm still more excited for this than I was for. Watterson's like, headlined multiple times, if I'm not mistaken. A well, fight night cards. I mean, and Angela's finally getting her limelight. Yeah, but Michelle's also lost two in a row. Look at the people. Look, 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 look. Let me get into this. Let me get into it. But no, no, no. I, I, I just want to say that like I'm excited about it. Yeah. And overall, the rest of the card is definitely good. Like, I don't care what anybody says. And they a main chose... Event, his main event is not the only thing that sells me on a card. Yeah. And they chose to go all five rounds rather than just doing three like Smith and Rakich did. So right. shout out to them for doing that, mm-hmm. too. Because they weren't training for five rounds. But look, I'm just saying it's not a main event level fight. It's just not. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty. Not in their, current, in their current situations. It's not a main event level fight. Are you disagreeing? I'm just saying Watterson's headline multiple times Okay, before. but that was like four years ago. Nuh-uh. <laughs> she, okay, she did, I, I believe she did headline with Joanna. Uh, you're right. And Paige was a headline. That's, that was four years ago. That's two headlines. Potentially more. That was more. four years ago. Don't get me into don't, don't no, me Okay, okay. It. She headlined with Joanna. Got starched. <sighs> Bye-bye. And then she loses to Carla. In a, meh. Oh, I, you, I don't agree with that. Okay, well, it's but an L. she lost. <laughs> it's an L. It's all right. We said John Jones lost. I know that's. True. <laughs> okay, look, you're you're getting a little too heated. I'm just mad. Maybe I should start here because I feel like you're just getting a little too. I just flustered. put some respect on both their names. This is a big fight for both. Watterson's on a losing streak. Yeah, and she's trying to be mom champ. <laughs> Angela Hill is on a tear and then just got beat. In a very close decision that you could argue she won Claudia. against top five fighter Claudia Gadella. All right, you know what? Just go ahead. You, you're you got the energy rolling. Just lay it on him. Michelle Waterson, seventeen wins, eight losses, three KOTKOs, nine submissions. That's twelve out of seventeen via finish. She's five and four in the UFC. Notable wins against twelve gauge Paige Van Zant via submission, Courtney Casey via split decision. Felice Herrig via unanimous decision. And the sweetest woman in the UFC, Karolina Kovalkiewicz, by unanimous decision. Notable losses for Michelle. She lost to Rose Namajunas via submission. Tisha Torres by unanimous decision. Joanna young Jacek by unanimous decision. And then most recently, Carla Esparza in a very close split decision loss. Angela Hill is 12-8 with 5 KO TKOs. She is seven and nine in the UFC. Wait, you heard me right. Wait, 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 wait. She's had two stints in the UFC. Wait, we already wait, talked about wait, this. No, 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 no. Hold on. Right in the middle of I was on a roll, <sighs> wait, wait, and you're wait, making me pause. Wait, wait, wait. 
I don't think you heard what you said. What? She's okay. Angela Hill. Yeah. Her total record overall. Twelve and eight. Twelve and eight. That's twenty fights. Right. Yeah. And you just said she's seven and nine in the UFC. Yeah, that's sixteen. But that's nine losses. That's one more loss than she has in her total. Oh. Well, she's seven and eight in the UFC then. Whatever. I, I counted wrong, man. I, I heard that and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Something ain't adding up right there. I love, I'm like, you know, I don't think you got this right. And you're just like, yeah, 20 fights. That's 16 fights. That's less than 20. Yeah, I fucking know it's less than 20, Dom. So she's seven and eight <laughs> in the UFC. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right, we've got <laughs> notable wins: Ashley Yoder via unanimous decision, and a dominant win against Hannah Cyphers via TKO earlier this year. If I'm not mistaken, that was this year, right? Hannah Cyphers was that this year? She's fights. She fights all the damn time. She's yeah, had like it eighteen was this fights. Year. It was this year? Um, notable losses. We've got a we've got a list here. <laughs> we got a lot. Cookie Monster Carla Esparza via submission on the Ultimate Fighter season twenty opening round day four to be precise. That was back in two thousand and fourteen. She lost to Tisha Torres by unanimous decision. She lost to Rose Namajunas by submission. Jessica Andrade by unanimous decision. Nina Ansarov. That's how you say her last name, right? Ansarov. Via unanimous decision. Uh, Courtney Casey via split decision. Rhonda Marcos via submission. And then, like we already mentioned, most recently she had a razor-thin split decision loss to uh, super tough, always-ranked top five, Claudia Gadella. She also lost to Jan Ziaonan, who's another tough uh, fighter. I don't know. I just noticed she skipped over that one, but I wanted to give her her due. Um Regardless, both of these women, look, they, they've had great careers. And I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on them when I'm saying it's not a main event uh, worthy fight. It just, it's just not. Do I Am I more excited for this than I was for, like, Jessica I versus Cynthia Calvillo? Yes. Not, and no disrespect to those two ladies either. I'm just saying that, like, obviously this, this um, in some ways, like, I get why people are mad. Well, not, I don't get why people are mad. I get why people are disappointed because they could have had Tiago Santos, Glover Teixeira as the main event, and then you have Michelle Waterson, Angela Hill. But by no means, this fight I think is going to be good. This is a tough These one. are two girls that come in and go for it, man. Especially Angela Hill. She'll bring the pressure. Yeah, and Michelle's going to have that counter-striking karate style. Yeah. Who's very slept on in the ground, by the way. Also, shout out to Angela Hill, the first ever African-American woman to headline a, uh, a UFC card. In the history of the company. History of the company. So shout out to her. It's awesome, man. I did say female, right? I said first African-American female. If you didn't, you just well, did. I just did. Okay. So I uh, just want to make that clear. But This is... <sighs> I'm, uh, I think I'm going to go Angela Hill by decision here. Really? You know, it's tough. It's really tough. I Now look, Michelle Waterson's last two losses. One you could argue wasn't really a loss at all to Esparza. That was a really tough fight. I thought Esparza won, personally. 
But I continue, like, again, it's one of those where it could have went either way and I wouldn't have been shocked. The Joanna fight was definitely more one sided, but she showed mm-hmm. a lot of heart. Joanna's mm-hmm. just so one of good, the best. Um, so those are two, you know, they're losses, but it's like, especially one, it's like, is it a loss, though? I just still wonder if maybe she has one foot out the door. She's she's a mom, you know. A lot she, of sponsorships, partnerships. Yeah, I mean she's thirty four. Not that that's too old to be fighting. I'm, Angela Hill might. She's thirty five. Yeah, Angela. she's older. But Angela Hill seems to really be hitting some sort of stride right now, even though she's coming off a loss. But it was a fight that was one I thought was more egregious. Yeah. I thought she clearly won that fight. And that's a big name. And before man. that, she had three straight wins. Yep. So she definitely seems to be hitting some sort of stride here as she come, comes into kind of the tail end of her career. And I see Waterson kind of go in the opposite direction where it's like at one time I looked at her as being a title challenger potentially, and now she's like fighting to stay in the top ten basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with Angela Hill. Shout out Waterson though. I, I love like both of these women are great. But um, I'm going Angela Hill by decision. Mm-hmm. I should have thought about this more before we recorded. Dude, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I know. I thought, part of me wants to pull for Michelle. See, that's what I thought. But you then Angela's go kind of on a tear right now. You could argue she's won four in a row, put on a good performance against a top five just recently. Yeah. Way more active. Yeah, she is way more active. And it's not like Michelle doesn't well, fight. Not the, yeah, that's not a slight on Angela's Michelle. Angela's like the most active fighter she, in the they UFC. They call her the Cowboy Cerrone of the women's division. Oh. She fought six times in 421 days. I know, that's insane. I'm going Angela Hill. Bye. Come on. I'm going to do a five-round technical fight here. I'm going decision Angela Hill, three rounds to two, potentially even a split decision. Okay. I think it's going to be one of those razor thin. Could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Angela has more momentum. I love Michelle Watterson, but Angela's showing a lot of promise right now. Uh, I'm going Hill. Yeah, and she, I mean, not that I feel like this should matter, but. She may feel like she has something to prove here because she is the first African-American woman to headline a card. She has said that she wants to, uh, like, post-fight, um, I don't know how to say, like, honor uh, the recent deaths of uh, police brutality and things like that. So, like, she's basically, like, because she said that's what she wanted to do in her last fight, didn't get the chance to there. So she she's got a chip on her shoulder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, she felt like she won that fight, felt like had it stripped from her. Now she's on a bigger stage here. She could be in her hitting her prime right now, just a little later yeah. than some people do. Um, that I just see the momentum swinging in her favor here. I, I could be, hey, Watterson's got the technique and that, that counter-striking to really this, present a problem to yeah. Angela Hill's style, who's very who very much brings the pressure and, like, does a lot of movement and whatnot, but I I'm gonna stick with Angela by decision. It's tough. Is that what you were gonna stick with? Yeah, I'm not changing. That's hashtag UFC Vegas ten. Another preview in the book. Another pre. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> Just close the close the book on that. There goes and, the notepad. Uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to also make note. I meant to do this at the beginning of the episode, but. Um, this is our first official, like, 
obviously you can find all of our episodes on right. many uh, streaming platforms now like Spotify, Apple, Google, still on YouTube, Anchor. However, this is the first one we've re- we're recording that's going to all of those immediately. Yes. I don't know if that's really noteworthy or not, but I just yeah, kind of wanted, this I wanted is the to first. say that. It, to me, it feels like a new era. And this is only... the first episode where everything is made known. Yeah. Like, we're out there. It's, Spotify, it's, it's, Apple, it's, Google, Anchor. It's very everything. strange because it feels like we're in a new era, yet we've only done it for a month. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is the new era. It's, it's the, the new book, machines. right? The yeah. new chapter. The new chapter. So uh, very excited about what's going on there, what we're cooking. As for our next couple episodes here, Monday, big recap show, mm-hmm. talking about everything that happens this Saturday with UFC Vegas 10. We'll break down all the results, say who's next for some of the top fighters on the card. Does not talk about the news that comes out between now and then. Then Wednesday. Another special episode. And this one, deservedly so, is going to be a little extra special. <laughs> and we say that, we say that about everyone, huh? But, again, we just had this big milestone. We hit the one month. We, we've, we've done our top ten fighters of all time. Yeah, we've done a lot. We've, done a lot our of, we've, hit, we've been hitting a lot of our goals. We've been doing a lot of big things. We've had a lot of just vocal supporters and we want to do something for them and this is something that's been asked from us it's been requested multiple times so what better time to do it than now yeah we're going to be going over our top fights of all time and I'm going now. to leave it there because we'll get into the logistics of that when the episode comes fair enough because I know what you're going to ask me but yeah. overall top fights of all time Will it be a top five? Will it be a top ten? Will it be a cumulative list? I don't know. You have to tune in to find out. But this is an episode that I'm very excited about because, once again, I get to kind of dive into history and really pull out some fights that people, most people probably have never even heard about. Yeah. Um, And overall, like, it'll just, for a lot of the newer viewers, like, people watching us that are trying to get into the sport, this could be an episode that you could really might want to take notes on and yeah, go, go back watch. and watch them. Yeah, after the fact. Yeah, I agree. But those are our next two episodes, and um, yeah, Dom, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. You can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Diesely14. Uh, you can find our podcast Instagram at Below Average Joe's underscore podcast. And now we've got a whole lot of <laughs> yeah. other things wanna, to plug. I'm not going to plug every link. Just know that in the description of our episodes now, yeah. we'll have Spotify, Apple, Google, um, our donation link on Anchor. We'll have our Anchor website. It'll all be linked down there. Again, on our Anchor website, don't forget you can leave us voice messages that we can include in future episodes for the community to hear. We want to utilize that feature. Yeah, I'm going to say this more towards the beginning of probably the next episode, if yeah. I remember. That's something I wanted to touch on with those voice messages. Requests. Because you guys have been so good to us so far and have just been killing it. If you leave a voice message, you can if you can do a question. Yeah. You can do a comment. Yeah. You can do a prediction. Yeah. 
you can do a request. Yeah, make a request for a special episode. Anything you want, and I... We will <laughs> take it heavily into consideration. Well, okay. I was going to say, and it will be on the episode, but I know some of you freaks out there are going to be saying No guarantees crazy. on yeah, a feature. As long as it's clean. They, they will be highly considered. It'll be very much considered. To we we want to build the community, right? Yeah. And what better way than to, you know, take what our fans say and share it with and other fans. tell me if I'm wrong. You don't have to pay money to record a message. No, no. So this is free. You just have to literally just record a voice message. And as long as you're okay with it being shown on the episode. It's a shout out, essentially. Yeah. We'll and you that. might have a really good, you might blow our minds. And if it's something that blows our minds away enough, we might keep bringing you back. Yeah, break down a whole fight. Yeah. Make requests for special episodes. We want to really... This is where, with all these new features, with Anchor again, shout out to Anchor. We're only scratching the surface of this community and, and all the possibilities. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ntbaker underscore. And with that... We're out, and we'll see y'all on Monday.